Welcome to another edition of the Vandal Scoreboard Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Kellogg, and I'll be joined once again today by Braden Kane, where we'll take a look at Idaho men's and women's basketball heavier matchups against Northern Colorado and Eastern Washington. We'll also give our college basketball game of the week picks. We'll also take a look at the MVP race in the NBA and trade news and rumors going around in the NFL before finishing things off, of course, with our Mike Leach Awards. Thank you all for listening, and as always, go Vandals! Welcome back to another edition of the Vandal Scoreboard. Zach Kellick here, joined as always by Braden Kane. We talk everything Vandal sports and also all, everything else going on around the country. of a big day here today, but starting off, of course, we're going to talk about Idaho basketball, starting off with the women's team who have been on a tear lately. They are on a six-game winning streak right now. Michaela Friends, now the all-time leading scorer in Idaho basketball history, men's and women's. Two convincing wins over Montana, Montana State. Uh, Braden, just how impressive has this stretch been for this women's team? I mean, it's been impressive, but I would say it's more expected than anything. Oh, um, for sure, yeah. Uh, when we had the Northern Colorado loss was understandable. Losing at Montana definitely was not as much as uh, as much of an expected thing for us. But, yeah, I think it's we should be on this tear right now. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we went out the rest of the conference and go into the tournament with a, quite a bit of momentum, but... Uh, their matchup this Saturday will be definitely a tough one. They're playing Northern Colorado again on the road. So um, we'll see how that one goes. Um, I'm hoping that we can pull out a win in that one. I think we're fully capable of it. Northern Colorado definitely has been um, a little down lately. Um, let me go to my notes real quick. I know they've dropped a couple games as of late. Um, I think they've, what, two and three in the last five? Yeah, so, or, so yeah, they're two and three. They lost February 9th. At Portland State, they lost that one big, sixty-six to eighty-five. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just came off a ten-point win against Sacramento State, who okay, Idaho yeah, so blew not, out of the water. Yeah, not not two and three in the last five, but their three losses have came in the last what one, two, three, four, five, six, eight games. So the three and five, yeah, the last so. eight. Um, or my bad, five and three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the way around, a little dyslexic there, but um, yeah, I, they are they are coming off a win that that blowout loss to Portland State. That really Doesn't surprises seem super me. Super in character. I know we both uh, know Portland State's one of the the other top team in the conference, but but you never see top teams really blow each other out exactly, like that. that yeah. That's just the weird thing right there. And, and yeah. I mean, on the road, I guess. But but I mean, even like Idaho, like like even when well they, the even when they lost, like they don't get blown out. Portland State, I don't think, has been really blown out at any point this season. No. So that was just really uncharacteristic. One thing I am worried about going into this Northern Colorado game is Izzy Haddon. She actually injured her foot. Saw her walking on campus yesterday with a boot, and she said it wasn't that serious, but I don't expect her to play on Saturday. So that could be another thing, losing some off. We already have so many so many offensive weapons, but losing one of your starting center or one of your centers who can knock down that mid-range. I'm not too worried about it. That just means uh, step in Nina Carlson. So hopefully she can. Yeah, she's she she's talented too. Like yeah, like I feel like she just she was she was gonna step in and have some minutes this year, and then I think Lizzie kind of took over that role. Yeah. And then there's been some other freshmen surprisingly that Newley's been playing ahead of her, um, Courtney or uh, well, who's number five? I can't remember her name. Oh, well, Juliet Jones. Or no, oh, or no. not five. My bad. Yeah, I was like four. Oh, number four. Um, Haley Christopher. Right? Haley Christopher. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, she's been getting a lot of minutes this year. Not a bad player, but it's interesting oh, how he yeah. plays her as like a four, and she's like five, like 
eight. Like, not like she's crazy tall or something, but she'll be guarding girls who are, like, six feet tall and stuff. And I've noticed that with Newly. Like, so far as he didn't talk to him, he's – they don't really – they really just play anyone anywhere. It's like yeah. he – and it's working, and I mean – keep doing what you're doing mm-hmm. like why why change a system that's not that's that's not broken but like yeah i think like that you're 100% right on that that it's a bit weird that he's kind of playing people out of position but i mean it's working and then mm-hmm. yeah like you said um but, you know just, Haley just Christopher yeah she yeah. she'll probably step in and i'm guessing we'll have if Northern Colorado's still kind of down she might have a big night that's too that's what i'm saying it's just been kind of weird how he decided to i don't know if they're you know outright playing just that much better in practice or just out Proving their minutes to uh, compared to Nina, but I mean, I, I would assume that's who he would have step up into that position. Um, does Izzy start? I'm pretty sure she starts, doesn't she? No, she she's coming off the bench. She comes off the bench because Natalie, the Clinker sisters, are kind of yeah, taking over that okay, starting role because yeah, Natalie's yeah, yeah. been so good defensively and yeah. so good on the yeah. boards. Izzy mostly comes in as kind of a spark yeah. plug on the bench. So obviously, defense. obviously, I think Haley's still going to play her minutes. She's going to get her minutes like she always does. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think we'll see Nina have to step in and maybe um, take on a new role with, with Izzy being out. But I think she's fully capable of it. Might not have the same offensive uh, power, especially in the mid-range or offensive skill, but defensively, I mean, she's still a big body down there. So, Oh, yeah, for sure. And then with Allison Kirby coming back from her injury, she played her first couple of games against Montana and Montana State. So she's back. That's just more bodies you can have right there. So I think her and Gina rotating in and out has, oh, the, has to be scary for two, teams. Two start two point guards who've been dominating when they start. Like yeah. really, like you can't have like if you're coaching, you're like really like what else can really be gift or like what else could I have done recruiting that isn't better than this? Like he has exactly. done almost a near perfect job recruiting this team. He has done an excellent. He knows exactly what he wants. Oh, he knows yeah. what he needs for his uh, team. What positions need to be filled? Um, but. I just I, I think they're going to pick up a win for sure, and um, they'll they'll extend this win streak, and then they'll have some momentum going into a big rivalry game against Eastern on Monday in Cheney. Yeah, so that that game against Eastern that will be very interesting. Um, uh, Violet Capri Moro, there she's their leading scorer for Eastern. Uh, that'll be a player that we'll have to limit. She has about average about 19 points a game, about six rebounds. So she is a very good all around player. But if they are able to shut her down, the Vandals are able to shut her down. I think they can come away with a pretty big win in the first part of that doubleheader. We'll get to the men in a little bit here, but yeah, I, I'm predicting a sweep this I'm weekend almost, too. I'm almost more scared for that game than the Northern Colorado game on Saturday, honestly. It, it's yeah, I was I was gonna bring that up too. Is that they have they're playing four games in a week, really really tight. These next two are on the road Saturday and Monday, so that's one thing I was kind of concerned about is how fresh will their legs be because they'll they're gonna battle Northern Colorado. That team is gonna yeah, that, fight them. It won't tooth be an nail. easy game, and so by any means. But I think with the depth that Idaho has, even if they play seven players against Northern Colorado, they're still going to have five or six girls on the bench ready to come in and play. Yeah. Yep. And so they'll, I feel like they'll, they'll still get the win against Eastern Washington, but they have to be make sure that the Splash Sisters don't gas themselves out. They get rest on Saturday when they travel back mm-hmm. and go up to Cheney. It'll, it'll be in, these next couple games will be interesting, but yep. I still think Idaho will get the wins. It looks like Eastern's been down lately. So that was actually the team I was thinking of earlier. They are two and five or two and four in their last six. Yeah, they, they so, they've had a bit of a rush rush. They're only but they just Montana. They're two at seven at home. That's they have that one against Montana, but they are just two at seven in home this season, which is a bit uh, concerning for I mean, that it's team. Just the rivalry game that we always have it out for each other. Yeah, I mean it's evident sure. with the men too. That's our only win for the men. And uh, Eastern's not a bad team in our conference at all for the men. So I just think the rivalry game is going to be a huge factor. Still a win for the women. Um, 
you know, uh, you know, having covering covering this team last year, we had we were doing this similar thing around this time. We were on a big. I think we got up to thirteen games that we won in a row. I think so. Yeah, something around there. But you know, and we still made it the championship in the Big Sky, and we lost. So not a huge scare being on this win streak going into the tournament. But uh, I just hope that we can really keep it rolling. And um, if we're in the championship game again, just show up and actually get a win. It'd be sweet to see us go back to the NCAA tournament. So. I mean, yeah, and like with the Splash Sisters, it's like you kind. Of, it feels like the only real way that they can be sent out where it'll feel super satisfying for everyone is the Splash Sisters go to the NCAA tournament. Yep. And, and like we haven't beat Northern Colorado in over a year now because they beat us in the championship game last yep. year in the Big Sky. We lost them in Cowan on January fifth. So. This will, I think I was talking to Nui. He said that there's a little bit extra on this game, frankly, because they just want to beat the Bears. And I think if they get that win, they'll avenge their only other loss this season. And I don't really see anything that can really stop them, barring something catastrophic, kind of yeah. knock on wood right now. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh, how much the Izzy had an injury affects the team. I don't think it will be too much of an impact, but we'll see. Yeah, and she was saying it wasn't very major. So, like you said, we'll see about that. Well, now we'll transition to the men. They are. Their losing streak continues to kind of grow. <laughs> I mean, it's a rebuilding. You renew this going in. Loss on the road against Montana, against Montana State. They both had great nights. Um, and now we host Northern Northern Colorado before heading out to Cheney, Braden. I mean, uh, well, is, what kind of is the takeaway from this team other than it's just a rebuild and we need to just keep going with the rebuild and get better? I'm discussing with a, a guy who helps out with the show with me and Zach. His name's Noah. He also is like a team manager for the men's team. I was asking him kind of what uh, Coach Verlin's demeanor is and kind of the vibe he has after their losses coming in the locker room. And he said half the time he doesn't even really bring up the game and he'll just say, hey, this is the schedule coming up, you know, practice this day at this time, whatever, you know. So, or he'll kind of come in and he'll just have kind of like a lighthearted speech. talking. So I think, I think Verlin understands what's going on this year. He's not letting this make him angry. I think he's taking it all as a – learning process for not only him and his coaches but the team as well this is by far the worst season he's had as a coach in his time here i think yeah, this is for sure his, uh, yeah 12th season or 11th season here at the university of idaho he's been so, here he's been here quite a while and yes without a doubt this is, yeah by far his yeah. worst season but it's probably the first time he's never had any seniors either obviously we weren't expecting nate sherwood to not play this year that would have been the only senior but yeah so it's, it's just a completely different year for him so i think he's just taking it one game at a time, one day at a time, just trying to make his team better. Um, they are, in ways, making strides. Uh, the Montana game, just horrible. 22 turnovers, so maybe not too many strides in that game. Yeah. But a lot of these games that we've been losing, I feel like we're winning the second half, um, which I think has been a problem for us a lot of the year. Just I feel like most of the time we play well in the first half, and then the second half is where we fall apart. So I feel like lately we've been having better second halves. Um and some more guys are starting to really show up. I know Geno West has had been having some good games lately. Yeah, he's been he's been stepping up more as the season's gone on, and uh, we've yeah. been starting to see what kind of what we saw last year of him having some more minutes, getting improving his play. But yeah, like it's sorry to interrupt you right here, but this is just kind of we just need to just take it one game at a time to get yep. through this season. And I think next year will be a lot better. But we just need to start fixing these problems now and in the off season. And then we can probably make some noise next year in the Big Sky. We only have, I think, two seniors on the team then, too. Yeah, so I think we'll definitely be a top-five team in the Big Sky next year for the preseason. But, yeah, just you, another another guy we're seeing play pretty well is Kadeem Sam. He's been coming through and um, having some pretty good games. He's really athletic. I'm actually excited to see where his career is going to go with us. And I hope 
I hope we can keep every player we have on the team. I, you know, we've had some guys transfer out from last year's team. Um, so I'm hoping everyone will want to stay and stay committed and realize that this team's going to be a pretty, you know, I would say a contender next year. Um, so, you know, they have uh, Northern Colorado on Thursday, which somehow we played them in overtime <laughs> in our last game, and uh, they're the top team in the conference. So, like that was our really that was our kind of our last like really close game all the way down the literally stretch. Literally was our last close game, yeah. And then every other one has been kind of close. And then we just fall apart in the second half or in the fourth quarter. That is actually our last single digit loss. So, <laughs> yeah. So maybe we'll replicate those results. I mean, and who we knows? Played, we played that game back in early January. I don't think we were back from break yet. I don't think we were back at school no, yet. No, we weren't so. even back in, in class yet. Cause yeah, it's been a while. So that means we've gone at least five to six weeks of having double-digit losses. So Maybe it's time for <laughs> a, uh, something to change. But maybe I we just, uh, just match up really well with Northern Colorado <laughs> compared to any Northern other Colorado team and Eastern conference. Washington, the two teams we played really well this season. Yeah. We play them this week, and it'll be – yeah, who knows? Maybe we can kind of so something to happen. If we're going to base stuff off history, then – should be some good games this weekend, <laughs> but I'm not going to guarantee that. Um, you know, I'm not even going to pick wins or losses anymore for us. I'm just going to – I'm going to hope we come out and play a good game. That's all I want to see. I want to see us play a good, close game, and uh, that will be a win in my mind. I would like to have some different perspectives to ha to, to use on questions when I interview Verlin. It's yeah. been kind of <laughs> difficult lately with double-digit loss, double-digit loss, double-digit loss. Yeah. So – um, you know, I'm hoping we can at least play them close. Just play some good competitive games. Um, like I said, I'd be really happy to see us lose in the last 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, we're in the game in the last 10 seconds. Like, Yeah, so, I mean, it, that, that is 100%. Like, wins and losses from the men's team, I don't think they really matter at this point in the season. No. It's just kind of improving your game, making the team better. Going Seeing what guys are doing better. Like exactly. I said, Gino stepping up, Kadeem step, stepping up. Obviously, Jared Rodriguez has been having a very good season, so – yeah, just kind of uh, take what you can from each game. All right, and that'll be And we'll take a break right now. And when we come back, we'll talk about our college basketball picks, NFL trade news, and also what's going on with the Lakers in the NBA. Welcome back to the Vandal Scoreboards. Zach Kellogg joined again by Braden Kane. Now transitioning to our weekly segment, looking at college basketball big, biggest matchups and how well we did in our predictions. Last week we predicted Duke versus Virginia, which was a top five matchup. I got that one right. Braden, you unfortunately dropped that one. Duke able to come in with a ten point win against the Cavaliers. Um, how's it feel? Well, I just got to start off saying I totally was about to correct you and say no. It's welcome to inside the Vandals, but <laughs> it's not. <laughs> This is the podcast. <laughs> Shall we? But, uh, yeah, you know what? I was wrong, but, I mean, what are you going to do when Duke shoots 62% from three and 58% from the field? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, I think Idaho would have beaten Duke if we would have shot in that well, or Virginia. Well, that's a bit of a stretch. If, Idaho, if, if, Idaho, <laughs> if, I, if we go 13 for 21 from three and 26 from 45 from the field, <laughs> I think you're beating just about anyone. I think you may be beating the Rockets if you shoot that well. Oh, yeah, for sure. That um, is ridiculous. What it, is it that? Was, that's... It was like their best game of the year, like by far, like shooting-wise. Dude, they had, they had 40 year. points and three-pointers. Like I know. It's ridiculous. It's that game where literally you like the first like half of those threes, you're probably like closing out so hard. You know, you're like trying to – he's not getting the yeah. shot off. In. 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 
in, and he's probably you probably at that point you're like it's just gonna that's how it's gonna go. Like <laughs> they still only lost by ten, but I mean, see that's yeah. to me that's impressive because oh they, yeah, without a doubt they shot forty one percent from three and forty six percent from the field. Still some pretty solid numbers, but damn, I mean you only hit ten threes and they hit thirteen. I mean, I still got to write. So I mean, you, they hit the same, they, <laughs> they hit the same amount of threes. It's a one point game, but yeah. Hey, but as I said uh, in our during our break, that means they ain't beating them in the ACC tournament. So yeah, it's hard to win a team three times in a row, especially. It's hard well, to win a team three times in a row. Hard know? to beat a team. You know, you know what I meant. I just yeah. But we got a lot to talk about. I'm not thinking too much about what, what, what I'm saying, you know. But yeah, you're right. Beating a team three times in a season that is extremely difficult to do, especially if you have to have a performance like that. And I mean, it's gonna to beat s- them. And it's gonna suck if they're on the same side of the bracket. Yeah, that for the ACC tournament. That'll be crazy. Imagine that semifinal game and Cameron and Doyle. Well, do they play? They play it. No, that is a neutral location. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's neutral. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I know I was wrong, but I so. We you throw Duke in the Big Ten, you think they have the same record? All right, that that's a topic that we can go into another day. <laughs> no, I don't think they'll have the same success. I got in a huge argument with people over the Argonne about this that the Big Ten is one of the best com- is the best conference in basketball. They it were is. saying they were saying Big Twelve, ACC, Big Twelve. What? It was a Kansas fan saying that. I'm just gonna set that out there right like, now. I'm a Texas fan. I can tell you right now, it's not the Big Twelve. <laughs> I know. And so we got in a big old thing, and like I like yeah, we both agree the Big Ten is the best conference in basketball. Like the ACC, I feel has more has higher teams. They they're top heavy, and they have. Yeah, Duke, bit. Virginia, and North Carolina right but now. But then the Big Ten top to bottom is just way more competitive all the way through, and I think it there's is. just better talent. All, like, it's just – It's just how it is. Yeah. Anyway, I got 1-0 last week, 0-1 for you. Um, now, <laughs> just going to point that out one last time. Um, now going into this week, we got some really big matchups. We got one on Saturday, which will be Tennessee at number five, Kentucky, which will be a great matchup. Once again, a top five matchup. Braden, who do you have in this one? Um. I mean, last time I went against Kentucky, I was wrong. But I might have to do it again because I don't – Tennessee looks – oh, man. I mean, 18-game win streak, that is scary um, coming into a top-five ranked matchup. But yep. uh, uh, I'm just – I'm taking I'm taking Rick Barnes. I think they're on the road. That is tough being in rep. Mm-hmm. And Kentucky's coming off that controversial loss to LSU. And well, you know, Tennessee has to play South Carolina first too. I think both do. Do both teams have a game first before this one? I, I want to say they both do. Uh, they might. Let's, let's um, just take a look I at think... the schedules real quick. No, so Kentucky gets to prepare for this. They get to prepare, and then Tennessee will have a break. They'll have a. Oh. Do I give my pick first? You yeah, think go about this? go ahead with your pick. I think Tennessee's going to win this one. You're not the number one team in the country for for no reason. Like they they have gotten here. Williams, Schofield, Bone, Turner. These yeah. guys have been balling out this year. I didn't like them. I thought, eh, they have one loss this year. Yeah. One loss. To Kansas. To Kansas. I think this Tennessee team, despite playing South Carolina, that will play. And once again, it will be a very close game because Kentucky, they're still number five. I don't like them that much, but they're still number five. But I think Tennessee will come away with about a three-point win I in think, this one. I think the reason that I'm just so, like, don't want to pick Kentucky, I just haven't – for being a top five Kentucky team, you just haven't heard much about them this year, you know? Yeah, they're not, they're, they're a quiet number five team. They're yeah. this is like the most quiet Kentucky team I've maybe heard of in a while. I think it's just because there's so well, much noise going on other around than, the rest of the. What was that one team that didn't even make the tournament? They went like to the NIT like right after being in like the championship. Kentucky, I know who you're talking about. Kentucky did that one year. They I did. I just can't remember what year it was. I yeah. Can't. So maybe like since then, 
Like that obviously was a pretty irrelevant Kentucky team, but they. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, they're, they're yeah, nine, like, two, I feel like there's just so four. much more noise going on in the rest of the league with Zion and um, point guard from Murray State. How am I blanking on John ja Moran? John ja Moran. It's like just Jaw. Jaw. Um, there's just so much going on around the league right now, or around college basketball. It's like they, Kentucky d- doesn't really need to make noise. Like they just kind of been doing what they've been doing. I know. It's just like this is just what they do, I guess, every year. But I, I'm still going to pick Tennessee to win this one by about three points. I mean, the Tennessee just has so much freaking talent in that starting five. I, yeah. I, can't, I don't see them losing this I'm gonna one. I agree with you. I just have a bad feeling I'll be wrong. <laughs> because <laughs> I, when I'm against Kentucky, I usually, like, my brain says Tennessee, obviously. But but your gut's saying Kentucky I don't know. right now. My, yeah. gut, my gut is like, you're always wrong when you pick it against Kentucky. So let me think. And you know what, dude? Uh... I'm going to take Kentucky, actually. I think you the preparation is going to help him out. Calipari's pretty pissed, I'm assuming, off of that loss against LSU. So he's For probably sure. getting them um, whipped. Not whipped into shape, but he's really have, probably having some very focused practices. He's, he's going to light a fire to them is what you're saying pretty he, much. Yeah, exactly. He's like, you know, that 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 shouldn't have been a loss. That at least should have went into another overtime um, against LSU. So he's probably saying, let's come out and beat the number one team in the country this Saturday then. You know, that's that's how you kind of get back on track after a loss like that. So, you know what? Yeah. I will take Kentucky. So, you're going to take Kentucky? I got Tennessee. All right. Next up, we have probably the biggest rivalry in college basketball, North Carolina against Duke. That'll be played next Wednesday. It will be very interesting to say A lot of games least. in between there, too. Yeah, a lot of games in between now and then. I mean, we talked about talking about this game, even though it's a week from today. I mean, it's like we it's wouldn't have the relevant. chance. Yeah, we wouldn't have really had the chance to talk about it while we were recording it. So yeah. we decided to talk about it a week in advance. That game's once again on the twentieth. So they're gonna have to play NC State. So they have one game in between. So yeah, it isn't too. Which is on Saturday. So damn, they have a couple of days to prepare. Exactly. So, all right. So who do you got in this one? North Carolina or Duke? Because I know how big of a Duke fan you are with with Zion and. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they're at home. I'm taking Duke, dude. They're at you're, home. You're taking Duke? They're at home, and North Carolina is good, but I don't know. I like Luke May. He's legit. You know, he's, he's a little mini Kevin Love out there, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm just I'm just taking Duke in this one. What was their last matchup? So they beat North Carolina, I'm pretty sure, last time. Have they even played yet? No, this is the first time they're oh, playing wow. this season. Oh, yeah, then they then they play again. Really. Yeah, that, that was one thing we are looking at. They play – that's their last game of the year. Yeah, so. Woo. Yeah, I'll take Duke at home at this one. I might take North Carolina in the last game of the year, depending on – Where things kind of play out yeah. at that point. Yeah, but – and then I swear NC State just played someone close the other day too. NC State's one of those teams in the ACC that's like kind of having a down year. Yeah. But you know that they can come out and beat you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and you're like, that's what that's what a couple of teams in the ACC. I feel like yeah. Syracuse kind of has that same vibe. With, oh, definitely. With, yeah. with Bayheim up there coaching that team, but yeah, the ACC. Okay, no, they almost they were hanging with North Carolina. That was a high scoring game, one thirteen yeah. to ninety six. But I'm, holy crap, yeah. For for this game, I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna take Duke. Um, with that comeback win. The twenty-three point comeback win over a ranked Louisville team—that's pretty impressive. But it's like I, it's those like Louisville guards, man. Oh my gosh, they just fell apart. Just I, fell apart. I, I that's that's the thing. It's like this Duke team. It's like they've lost like a couple of games, but I mean, like there's the Gonzaga one and the Syracuse one are really the two big ones that come to mind right now. I'm pretty sure those are only two losses. I think yeah, I think ESPN might just be completely 
jinxing their March Madness run just because oh. of how much you see about Duke just all the time. And then you think about teams like Gonzaga, yeah, who are just silently like, hey, because well, <laughs> like, it's Gonzaga because they're in the West Coast Conference. It's no, true, no one's really it's true, talk about but them. still, I know you don't hear much about them during this time of the year, but you know, I like, and I don't hear much about Tennessee either, the number one team in the country. It's all, yeah. It's all about Duke. It's all about Duke. And then so you, you hear about Jaw here and there, but I like Jaw a lot. So you hear about Michigan. We've been hearing about Michigan quite a bit this year because they've been kind of up and down. Yeah, um, because the Big Ten is the best basketball conference in the country. Yeah, I don't think – Just to reiterate that. Yeah, we're just going to say that once again. Um, but, yeah, I'm picking Duke in this one, Zion, R.G. Barrett. I just feel like they're at home. They They're both, good. And they're Yeah, I mean, they're good. Like, no one's Obviously arguing that. Obviously, they're really good. I'm like, I'm not – I think Duke's going to make it to the Elite Eight no matter what in March Madness, but I just don't see him going all the way. No, yes. Yeah, so we got to see what the brackets are going to come out with. That's why I love a March Madness. We, we still you, have so much time between now and you then. You think yeah, about like these teams. You think about these four. You're like, oh, they're going to go all the way. They're going to. You don't know what's who, whose team's going to be on the side of the bracket, man. Like, exactly. It, it's going to be crazy. And yeah, because sometimes you, you you look at you you get the the bracket comes out and you're like, oh, I don't know. And you're like, I didn't know that Tennessee was going to have. Like like last year, you know, Michigan State yeah. on their side of the bracket or something, you know, as a two or three seed, or mm-hmm. you know, or I didn't know Duke was gonna have Michigan on their side of the bracket or something. Yeah, and plus, you know, we still got all these conference tournaments. Exactly, so. there, there's so much that can happen. Like there, that's still a whole other day. We're we're I think we're gonna need to get a whole show probably just to March Madness and looking at oh, that yeah, bracket. Definitely. And so that'll be a whole other thing. Yeah, a lot of time between now and then. So okay, we're, I'm pick, we're both picking Duke on that one. And then our big sky matchup, Montana at Weber State. Who do you got in this one for men's basketball? Um, Here we go. You know what? I might have to I might have to go with Weber. I might have to go with them in this one. They, uh, they haven't been playing the best lately. Oh, gosh, dang it. Just actually clicked. Went past my notes. Um. They haven't been playing the best lately, but they're at home, and um, I think that's going to be a huge factor for them. They are two. Let's see, they're three and three in their last six. So, and they just lost to Montana um, a couple weeks ago on the road in uh, Missoula. I think they'll pick this one up. I know you talked about Jared Harding a lot in your last one. Um, when and then the last time we picked this game, and he still is doing. Very well, twenty one point six points a game. Yep, forty six and a half percent from the field. So I think I'm gonna take Weber State in this one. You know, um, they they're coming off a win against NAU. Um, it's the first the first game out of their Montana Montana State matchup. So I'll, I'll take Weber State in this one. Yeah. So I'm kind of I was leaning towards Montana, but I'm just I'm just not sure because they had that amazing game against Idaho. I don't know if you can just kind of keep those things rolling, especially when you said just Weber State wanting to get kind of that revenge win right now yep. after dropping that one in Missoula. You know what? I'm going to take Weber State, too, in this one. I Since they're at home, a little bit more on the line for them. I mean, Montana's at the top of the big sky right now for for the men, and so I think that Weber State, I think they're in the best position they, they're in to get an upset right now yeah. in the conference season. So, yeah, I'll pick Weber State to win that one, too. I think it'll be about a seven-point win. Okay. All right, now transitioning from the college level to the professional, to the NBA. Uh, first up, we'll talk just real brief right now about the Lakers. They are 10th right now in the West. LeBron's back. Lonzo's still out. I mean, they just they lost to the Hawks the other night. I mean, what does the team have to do to right the ship? Is it Do they need an AD trade, or they just need to try and just ride this one out with well, the young you talent? You can't get an AD trade now, obviously. Well, yeah, but, but I mean— <laughs> 
I mean, but like, did they need it, that? I, um, did they need that, or like this offseason, are they going to start just moving all these young guys and trying to get superstars? I think they just didn't need LeBron to get hurt in the first place. Um, I think that really put a skew on their season, and it's definitely affected them. But uh, it's just it's hard. It's hard now, you know, looking into r- terms and reality. You're like. The Lakers, if they make it, they're going to be like an eight or a seven seed. So they're going yeah. to have to play the Warriors or the Nuggets. I guess the Nuggets would probably be like a matchup that you'd want to have as a Lakers fan, just I because like they don't, they're don't they not used to being a top team in the West, you mm-hmm. know? Um, not a, They haven't been to the finals in, who knows, even even a Western Conference final, probably since the Mellow days. The last time they went to a Western Conference final was with Mellow. And I, the last time they went to a NBA finals... <laughs> That that's back before, before probably that, nine, that's before maybe my in the time. Uh, no, probably not in the nineties. So, yeah. Granted, I'm I'm like not even twenty, so it's before my time. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, still, it, it's been quite a while since they've been in the finals. But yeah, it's just very interesting, just not seeing a LeBron team be successful right now. Um, that's what you get when you go to a market, you know, not mainly to to win, to try to revamp a. I like this though. I, I like. I'm starting to like this LeBron move even more because even when he came in, he's like, "We're not going to be great off the bat." He's like, "This is yeah. a young team. We we need to develop." And I, that injury definitely set him back because with LeBron out, that's just the, the same team he just had yeah. last season, and they weren't good. I mean, so if they miss the playoffs, it'll suck. But I mean, I I think they'll steal an eight seed because LeBron's LeBron. He'll help make that late season push, but. I mean, I'm I'm not taking too much from this season. I wasn't expecting a ton for a season in the West for him. He's done a lot better than anyone's kind of expected. So I'm not worried about him too much, but it's just kind of disappointing to see them this low in the rankings with LeBron being hurt. Yep. I feel like uh, all this depressing weather has definitely um, made its way to L.A. maybe a little bit. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. All right, now we're going to look at the MVP race. Now that we're right about that half point of the season, a little bit after it, um, some we have three players right now who've really been kind of showing their stuff so far this season. We got Giannis Antetokounmpo from the Milwaukee Bucks. We have James Harden from the Rockets. He's having a historic season so far, and Paul George from the Thunder, who has really stepped up his game to a level that we really haven't seen from him since probably his prime indie days. Yeah, and you know it's really frustrating <laughs> to see Harden go on this streak this year because I think if he does, if he's not having the streak. Yeah, he's probably still having a really good year, but I don't think people are putting him in MVP. He's in MVP discussion, Yeah, I feel like it would have been like, no, it's Giannis or PG this year. But since he's gone on this streak of scoring 30-plus points, however many games it's been, mm-hmm. obviously he is somewhat of like the front runner in a way. Um, yeah. I, but I, I would vote for PG, like you said. We haven't seen him do this in a while. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, you know, those he, he's had injuries plague him and – it's not easy to come back from those and get back to that all-star caliber you can play at. So I, this is more of like a, I'm happy to see this type of thing with PG compared mm-hmm. to Harden. Yeah. Oh, you know, Harden's, you know, putting up 40 shots a game and scoring 30 no matter what. It's like, yeah, it's kind of what we expect now. But seeing PG do this stuff, you're like, sweet, I haven't seen this in three to four years. I think, like, that's the thing they kind of have with LeBron when Derrick Rose won it. Like, LeBron had an MVP-level season. But since it was Derrick Rose, new guy, coming yeah. in, scoring, he was just different. I think the different is the key word right there is that it's just different from what people are used to seeing. Like Westbrook, he could average his third straight season of a triple-double. Like he's already doing uh-huh. on pace to do it again He's also year. having like one of the worst shooting years he's ever had in his life. But. All right, aside from that. <laughs> aside, but I mean like last year he had the triple-double season as well. And it's like no one really cared about it after they did it the first season. So it's like I think after a while people just kind of get accustomed to these amazing things that are happening. And so 
but we can't discredit Giannis. He's averaging 27, 12 rebounds, and six assists while shooting 58%. And he's the top team in the East. And the top team in the East, which will definitely help his case if they keep that into the playoffs. Um, but what's more impressive, the Bucks leading the East or the Thunder being third in the West? I, I would say third Thunder in the West and four games out of first. I would say the Thunder, without a doubt. Yeah. Because the West is way harder than the East. The, the East right now, it's the Bucks, the Raptors, the Sixers, and the Celtics. And even the Celtics have been streaky. The Sixers are still hit or miss. Mm-hmm. And I'd say the Raptors, it's just Raptors and Bucks in the East right now. For the so. East, it's like your top five teams are all contenders for sure. You got Philly, the Celtics, the Pacers. By the way, the Pacers still in third. Without Oladipo. I know. I am i don't know how long they can keep this up for. I've been impressed with what the Pacers have been able to do. I don't know if they'll be able to we take gotta, it. you got to talk about that. I mean, how long has Oladipo been out now? At least a couple weeks. Yeah, he's been out a few weeks, yeah. So let's let's see how they've been. And they're in Milwaukee's division. Yeah, they're in so, the central. Yeah. I mean, when in, do you remember what game Oladipo went down? Uh oh man! Uh, I think it says right here it was in January. Yeah, he's been out for. Wow, he's been out. For yeah, it said a few it, weeks, it, it, yeah. Hap- it happened in January. Um, to say who, but, who it dude, happened I mean, against. they've won. F- what are they? What are they at right now? Let's look at the Pacers' last ten games: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They're eight and two in the last ten games. So and they lost to the Celtics and the Raptors. So they lost to two teams, two teams that we know that are in the top five in the yeah. East. And lost to the Raptors by 16, 121-105. Don't know the story of that game. They might have yeah. been close down the stretch. Lost to the Celtics, 135-108. Same thing. We don't know what happened down the stretch. Um, both on the road. So, I mean, then in, in, during the stretch, some of their impressive wins, I guess they haven't been playing great teams. But yeah, that, 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 you, beat, you beat the Pistons. You know, you beat the Hawks twice. You beat the Wizards. See, I'm not saying they're a bad team. I liked... I liked my I like Miles Turner. I like Sabonis. I like Sabonis a lot. I like like that's a pretty good team. But without a star player like that, I'm just thinking right now. I'm just thinking about postseason and what this team. I don't think they'll be able to do anything without their marquee star yeah. player. Time when each game has even more weight to, it and you're not playing <clears throat> the Hawks, the Wizards, having these kind of I wouldn't say yeah. breaks, but you're having these easier games along the road. But you know. So getting back to what I was saying though, so the top five. Teams in the East are legit. They all have 36 wins or more. But then after that, it drops down. The Nets are sixth with their 29 29. And then you look in the West, so the top three teams look very attractive with 37, 38, 41 wins. Yeah. But that's the thing is the bulk of the West is just competitive. All the way down to the eighth seed, it's starting with the eighth seed, it's 30 wins, 33 wins, 32 wins, 33 wins, 33 wins. I mean, you can probably just put the Lakers in there too because, I mean, they're still low, but they still give those teams runs for their money. I was going to say, I mean, the Lakers are in the East. They're in the playoffs right now. They're yeah, they're, seven seed. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, they're right there with the Heat. My, my, my Heat, they're probably gonna make the playoffs this year. No, never mind. They're, they're like, <laughs> the Heat aren't aren't very good at all this year. But I mean, <laughs> the West has always been so much more competitive. There's just so many more stars now there than ever before out West. It's just, it's, it's insane. It's the wild, wild West. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. It's the Thunder lost the Rockets last night by four, or maybe not last night, but I don't know what game this was. Their last game, they lost the Rockets by four, um, and they lost to the Mavs by two, both on the road. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think PG's season is a little bit more impressive than Giannis or 
Yeah, um, so we're opening it back in to the MVP discussion we kind of started out with. Um, I think it's. I think it's. I think PG deserves it the most. I think PG deserves it the most. I think so. Right now, here's my kind of my rankings. I think Harden's gonna win it because he's averaging almost 37 points a game right now, and that's just incredible. I mean, it's 2K numbers. I, that, that's what I was just thinking. Like he's averaging almost 37 points, six rebounds, eight assists, and shooting 37 percent from the line, which is. But then you have PG averaging 29. 37 percent from the line. From three point. Oh, okay. From from three point. From the three point line. Yeah. I thought you meant from the free throw line. Man, that's and amazing, was, guys. Like, I was like, oh just, my gosh. No. Um, <laughs> and then you have Paul George, twenty nine points, eight rebounds, four assists, forty five percent shooting from the field, forty one from the three point line. So I, I would say it's Harden one, PG two, who I want to win. I want PG to win it, does, and then does, Buck, and then Giannis third. Does Harden's extra offense make up for no defense and or Paul George's amazing defense? See, See that, that's that, what I'm that that's another thing right there that I really don't like Harden's defense and how he doesn't really no. do anything. And then PG he's leading the league in steals sh- right now. You know, uh, Harden is offensive player of the year by no doubt. Oh yeah, you know by by but no I, no contest. That, but I think with the NBA now offense is way more looked at than defense. In but terms of but I think if you have such a great defensive player like Paul George who is doing it on both ends, you have to almost consider that way more nowadays because you're like, like you said, this is more of an off- offense oriented league definitely. So yeah, the fact that he's doing things, but on it's defense, like, but yeah. hey, you know, he's also he's doing it on both sides, and I feel like that is more valuable going into the playoffs than you than Harden, you know, ISOing every freaking play. Yeah. <laughs> so and next we'll keep it in the NBA. Some more trade news going down. Mark Gasol from the Memphis Grizzlies getting traded to the Toronto Raptors. A huge move for They're them. Looking good with and him. then the Grizzlies got. Jonas, uh, center Jonas Valanciunas, guard DeLon Wright, and forward C.J. Miles, along with the 2024 first-round pick. Um, I think Toronto won this oh, trade. Yeah, very smart move. Easily. C.J. Miles kind of passes prime. He's kind of been used up by uh, by the by the Raptors. Like, <laughs> he, he doesn't really offer anything anymore. DeLon Wright, I think that's a pretty good get for the Grizzlies. Valanciunas, he's a kind of a solid center. Kind of yeah, doesn't fit the mold of this NBA. He's, he's that weird guy who had an interesting – prime exactly like he's yeah. out of his prime but he's still not bad like, he never was great in his prime yeah but he was he was he was an all-star player you know he made the all-star team i want to say at least one or two seasons. i think he made it once yeah and then but i mean mark gasol he's one of the best centers in the league oh. so he can knock down the three he is still very good Shoot, way more versatile than and you know Jun- and yeah. i think the raptors that's all he had to really give up for one of the best centers in the league i think I they mean, definitely saw that mark has about two to three Legitimate good seasons left if he's injury free, and they're, they're just trying to win this year with Kawhi yeah, Leonard because yeah. they don't know. Because Kawhi, what I've been hearing is that he's going to the Clippers next. He's like he's out of Toronto, so it's like why not just go all in right now and yep. try and win a ring and maybe keep both of them. And at if least, you don't, at it's least like, just be in the finals, man. Like I feel like they, yeah, because it's gonna be. Do you, you the guys East have, is gonna be like the East. Once you get to the second round, that's gonna be kind of crazy to see what kind of what happens because those big four teams of the Celtics. The Sixers, the Bucks, and the Raptors. I think will be the four teams that are in, and yeah. so that'll be that'll be crazy to see what happens next. So. Yep. Um. But yeah, definitely a smart move on their part. I think it's going to be a huge addition, and I think it'll. Right now, I think they'll be in the Eastern Conference Finals, no doubt. Oh yeah, and there was another trade that went down: Nikola Mirotic to the Bucks, to the Milwaukee Bucks from the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans gave up, or the the Bucks gave up Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson, who was traded for Thon Maker, <laughs> uh, which we talked about last week, uh, and then four second round picks: one in twenty nineteen, two in twenty twenty, and one in twenty twenty one. I think it's another steal for another oh, steal yeah. that the Bucks just come. They got one of the 
probably best role players in the league. I'm going to say role players, just a like very solid starter. Dude is a crazy scorer. Shooter, like like, like, a, like a shooting scorer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, he, he's just a very – he can just score from the outside, score from the inside. He, he, he can, can kind of do drive. anything. I don't feel like that's his, his biggest part of his game. It's just crazy how he's up there with Klay Thompson as one of the really good catch and shooters. Oh, yeah. Ca- and Yeah, catch and shoot. So you have Giannis going in inside, kicking out to Miritich, Chris Middleton, all those guys on the perimeter – I'm this Bucks team just got even better, Eric so the Bledsoe. East just got even stronger, and so getting players from the West. So I mean, yeah, this this the East just got way more interesting, and I really can't wait to see what'll go down. And one more thing, Isaiah Thomas will make his debut against the Sacramento Kings tonight, Wednesday. But I mean, <laughs> this will air on Thursday, February fourteenth. Uh, but um, it I mean, congrats to him coming back from that hip injury. Hasn't really been the same since he got traded to Cleveland, then to Lakers, now to the Nuggets. So, I think I mean, this is a perfect time for him to come back just because you have the perfect window leading mm-hmm. up to the playoffs to see how is he going to play. Is he going to be a legitimate addition to this team coming into the playoffs? Which, if he is, I mean, that's scary. <laughs> yeah, it, That's it, scary if you're four perimeter guards you can have in the game or Will Barton, um, obviously Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, and then Isaiah Thomas, who... Was an, he was an MVP candidate, right? Is that last year in Boston? With, with help from Brad Stevens. But, I mean, still, I mean, that this Nuggets team is still very, oh, very good. Yeah, so, I, I think even if he's a seventh or eighth man, come in, give us seven, eight points. I, I'd be like, Smart player. Like, him. once again. He, he is very – you can't be under six feet tall in the NBA and and be that good without being without having a super high basketball like you. Yeah, and – once again, it's one of those players you can't just disregard when he comes onto the court. You can't just say, oh, guard him like any other dude. You know, don't give him an open shot. It's like, no, you know who Isaiah Thomas is. He, you're, He's fully capable of scoring some points on you, taking you yep. off the dribble, hitting hitting that step back three. So, yeah, if he can do what he's done in the past, Nuggets, man. Scary team to see to, like look, even, to look out for in the West. Like, even what he did with the Lakers, he was pretty good there for the half season. Like he was, he was. <laughs> yeah. He averaged like ten points a game. Like he was coming off. He had his uh, hip injury still. And just he's coming once back again, off of that. It's just so, so sad to see what happened to him. Like he, he, I know just the timetable of him wanting max money from the Celtics and him probably going to get something close to that, not the max. But I mean, <sighs> now him going to the to Cleveland, to Lakers, now being a role player on the Nuggets, more likely. So than I not. just don't get it. I'm like, just don't fix what's not broken. At times, I know, yeah. and you know, and then he puts. He plays through his hip injury in the playoffs for and you, the, and for your city, for this team that he loves. That and, he, and then you trade him, yeah. And then he's gone. Yeah, that's that's another thing that we can <laughs> get into about. But now we'll transition from the basketball court to the football field, where to the NFL, where another big trade went down today on Wednesday, February 13th. Joe Flacco of the old Baltimore Ravens quarterback has been traded to the Denver Broncos for three picks, two fourth-rounders, and just one specified as a mid-round pick. will be some time before this trade it kind of is able to be processed and go down. But, Braden, what are your thoughts with Flacco now going to Denver? I mean, why not? I mean, Case Keenum didn't work out for you, which I, I think it's hilarious how one one NFL quarterback can just have a have a year. And it might be because, like we kind of talked about in our last podcast, system quarterbacks with Tom Brady and things. Yeah, yeah, it, it, there is a truth to that with in the system quarterback. Yeah, the some QBs do very well in certain systems, and then mm-hmm. obviously you see Case Keenum come to Denver, and he doesn't do as well. Yeah, you know, in a, in a different kind of you know offensive um, setup. But 
I just like I said, it's hilarious. Like it all started. Remember Matt Flynn? Oh, man, man. <laughs> he had that one good game when Aaron Rodgers was saying he got the Lions, and then he got it's like you see great money from then, Seattle, yeah. And like, and then you're just gonna throw up all this money like after one good game, or like one good game, or just one good season. Yeah, and exactly, Keenan was with like one of the best teams in football, the Vikings, who had just talent across the board. And this Not- is why I love it because both teams end up losing in this. Yeah, and because <laughs> the Vikings don't have the season they thought they would have with uh, Kevin with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. The Broncos don't don't do anything in their season either. So I'm like, you know, I think you should give a guy at least two seasons or something. Like, yeah, to, to try and see if he has any consistency. Exactly. Cause this I mean, is, and I think back to, like, to Matt Castle. Remember him yeah, in New England? Yeah, that exactly. 11-5 season. They got good money in Kansas City. Like, yeah, that's – And then nothing. Because everyone wants to be the first. They want to get everything on at first. They don't want to wait because then they'll regret it. So they take those risks, and more times than not, they don't pay off. What, what – yeah, exactly. What quarterbacks have – came up in that sense, you know, either replacing somebody and having a good season or getting their first opportunity to start somewhere and having a good season. How many of those quarterbacks are still here? I was about to say, I'm like, the one I can think of is like Steve Young. And like that, even that. I'm talking nowadays. nowadays. I know, not I'm like nowadays. I'm nowadays. Like, you see guys, like even Ryan Fitzpatrick could be kind say, of one of those guys. And you're like, I was he, like Fitzpatrick, maybe. I would say, I would. But he's not on a on a team Maybe for like more than a couple years. You see what I'm saying? Maybe Garoppolo if he turns out well in exactly. San Francisco, but exactly. even then we still don't know. Um, but that's a whole other story. And that's that's maybe, Tom Brady's, you know, uh, protege. That's com- that's a completely different story than just exactly. Yeah, but you're 100 percent right. Like you don't see that every day where a guy has one good game or one good season and he goes and has an and amazing then he's career. and then he's good for the rest of his career. It's like how often does that happen? It very 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 so very I just rarely. Don't happens. understand why these teams just do bank and bank on these quarterbacks all of a sudden. They're doing those high risk things. They're trying to find anything that works and for John Elway, he hasn't found John anything that's worked. John Lately in the NFL, drafting a rookie quarterback. I know it's weird. It's like it's like working through the draft. Weird. Cuz John Elway, he's got I'm guessing cuz he got the cuz he got Peyton Manning and he's like, "Oh, I can just yeah. get quarterbacks in free agency and we'll win titles." Well, going back to this, I like the trade. I think it's a good trade. I think Joe Flacco will do really well in Denver, honestly. I think he'll do okay. I don't know. I th- I don't think they'll make I think they'll be if they make I the playoffs. I think he's be a, a better option than Case Keenum. Oh, Obviously, he has a way more um, hey. you know, he's proven his worth way more than Case Keenum has like with throughout his career. Uh, with with Flacco, I don't know. Hey, he has a Super Bowl ring, buddy. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But remember that this season he was the starter of the Ravens, and he was having such a bad year. They put in Lamar Jackson that that they then made a playoff push. Hey, that happens. And so Flacco, that he's, he's, he's a talented quarterback. I'm not disregarding that. Did, did Alex Smith not do bad when he went to Kansas City? The 49ers gave up on Alex Smith, and they took Colin Kaepernick, and then he went and was successful in Kansas City as well. Yeah. All right, that's one. Okay, <laughs> that, that, that's one gotcha. example. I know, gotcha. but, but still, with uh, with Joe Flacco, I, I'm just I don't think they have the offensive weapons that they that's did. That's a good point. Okay, and like yeah, I mean, they have like Emmanuel point. Sanders there, but he's not what he he's once not, was. They don't yeah. have Demarius Thomas anymore. They have some potential. You have some they, great they, running backs. They have yeah, and um, Philip and, Lindsay and, and Philip Lindsay. Yeah, Philip Lindsay and I can't remember the uh, Royce the, Freeman. Royce Freeman. Yeah, um, and so yeah, they have talent, but I mean. I don't think they have enough to really be, make noise in the AFC West that has the Chargers and the Chiefs. They need to get some pickups for sure. Oh, yeah, th- this draft will be huge for them, but they just Kind of transitioning away. into another topic, Antonio Brown to the Broncos. That would be interesting. That would be very interesting, yeah. Antonio Brown wanting out of the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Um, so somewhat of a similar weapon Joe Flacco had. In, uh, they have the cap space for it. Who is that receiver that Joe Flacco had for forever who just like finally retired? 
Anquan. No, 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 uh, no, no. Fast guy. Tory Smith. No, uh, Steve Smith. Yeah, Steve Smith. Steve Smith Senior. Um, yeah, he was he was with Joe Flacco S- for a few years. Somewhat of a, you know, obviously, Steve Smith is not Antonio Brown, but in his prime, similar type of player, similar Very type similar. of receiver. Yeah. Um, I, I I I'm just trying to think of because Pittsburgh's gonna want assets back. That's True. a big thing, and maybe just a ton of draft picks will will help kind of narrow that gap because the Steelers will be like, oh. We're trading. We have player who doesn't want to be here anymore. We're gonna get tons of picks to get the Broncos. Even better. Have some guys who had good seasons. Cortland Sutton had a pretty decent um, season as a receiver. Yeah. Uh, who they had one other guy. One other one other guy who kind of I hadn't heard of who had a pretty. I can't think. I'm right off the top of my head, but yeah, maybe that could be a trade destination for him. It'll just depend on what the Steelers. I, I just thought of the Flacco Brown combination. Like you said, I don't know if the Broncos have the assets to necessarily um, give Make the, the Steelers team, yeah. what they would want for Antonio Brown, but. Um, I think a legitimate destination for him is the Browns. The Browns. That was and, what oh I was going to bring up. Oh, my gosh, that would be scary. Yeah, I mean. If the they, Browns keep everyone they have. Imagine if they traded Kareem Hunt there. Because <laughs> Le'Veon Bell wants out. But they have James Conner. They have James Conner. But, I mean, I don't, I'm just I, trying, to, I, I don't, trying to think of who they could I don't could think tra- Mike Tallman wants, you know. Kareem Hunt. <laughs> I don't know if you'd want that. Um, you know, I, yeah, the Browns I, I took him saying. because they said, we don't care right now. We... <laughs> We've been the worst franchise in the NFL for the last 20 years. So who do you think would the Browns have to trade to get Antonio? This is where I'm not very informed or I don't have mm-hmm. much knowledge of who the um, Browns could potentially trade for Antonio Brown. I just, in my mind, if they could trade him and get him yeah. and keep Jarvis Landry, keep Chubb, keep Hunt, dude, that's... That's maybe an eleven and five, twelve and four Cleveland Browns team, especially if Baker Mayfield continues to play at the level he's been playing at. Yeah. Um, hopefully he doesn't have that sophomore slump like some rookie rookie quarterbacks can do. But yeah, it's a, that's a scary it, team. It'll be interesting. I think they would have to trade that uh, the the rookie corner, well now sophomore corner uh, Denzel Ward. They'd probably have to trade him because the Pittsburghs are wanting defense and all that. They're gonna have to trade a probably yeah. a couple first round picks, a couple third round picks. Like, it, it's going to be a big trade, and like you said, that would really help the Browns, but I don't know. I think one I've been kind of thinking that's kind of out there a little bit more is the Colts, because I'm trying to think of teams that have cap space, too, because you need to inherit okay. that large contract. You're definitely way more knowledgeable in this field than I am when it comes to the actual things you need to have as a team to trade people. We're, like, yeah, we're, I'd love to least go, but yeah, I've been trying to think about this, like, in terms of the money. That's one thing, because the Jets are another team I'm thinking about, the Niners Ooh. are another team I've been thinking about, because they have... I've heard the San Fran destination because before. I'm thinking of picks that Pittsburgh can still think could be valuable because those teams might not be good and also getting some assets back while also being able to move the cap space over. There's just a thousand things that need to go on. I think we're still a long way out from anything actually going down because Pittsburgh's going to want a ton for their arguably their best player they've had oh, in yeah. the past eight years. Definitely. But so I would say probably the Browns or the Niners or maybe the Jets are probably the three teams right now that I'd pick. And then Colts are probably my my, my dark horse team he'll go to because they have the cap space and maybe some talent to send there. Imagine be... uh, Tony O'Brown to the Patriots. <laughs> I've been thinking about that, and I've been oh, trying to not speak no. it. Trying not to speak it into existence. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to talk about that because it'll probably happen. If Antonio Brown goes to the freaking Patriots and they have a number one wide receiver, Julian Edelman, They'll have they'll probably just draft some no name tight end out of college and you'll be the greatest thing to ever happen. <laughs> they'll draft another running back who will rush for a thousand yards and catch for catch for eight hundred. Oh it's, yeah. 
I don't want to talk about the Patriots anymore. All right. <laughs> I'm done with this. Um, <laughs> I'll speak into existence, man. Uh, A, B to the Patriots. Stop it. <laughs> give, me, give me another Randy Moss TV year. Oh, yeah, so they can lose in the Super Bowl to, to a, yeah, an, see, an underwhelming team. See? Yeah, that, you know what? If that happens, I'll be 100% for the straight. I'll be like, Braden, thank you for speaking to existence. The Patriots lost in the Super Bowl to the freaking Arizona Cardinals when Josh Rosen had an MVP season or something Antonio like that. Brown goes to the Pats. That's my first fantasy pick, no doubt. Oh, I think everyone would instantly pick up Brady Brown, one of those two. I wouldn't pick up Brady. I had Brady this year, and he was disappointing. But if he got Antonio Brown? I mean, he that, – See, that's fantasy. That's an entirely different type of game. Yep. Um, but now we'll transition to our final segment of the show, our Mike Leach Awards. Uh, in honor of the coach right across state lines here at WSU for our weirdest sports headline, we we kind of found this week. Uh, Braden, who is your award going to this week? Um, mine, my headline is Matthew McConaughey was back dominating the orange suit, telling Texas coaches where to sit, and leading the team huddles. And you know I'm a Longhorn fan. Yep. And this is freaking awesome <laughs> that we have. By the way, I would highly suggest going and looking up this article. Just Just look up. Matthew McConaughey, Texas sideline, or Texas basketball sideline, I, I guess. Um, he's wearing, he wears an all orange sort, all orange suit. Excuse sort. me, <laughs> a, little, a little tongue twister there. And his his graphic, they have a, they have a legitimate graphic for him as if he's like a coach or something or yeah. staff, and it says Minister of Culture. God, I love <laughs> that. Is, is his tag? He he but, loves you. He loves his Longhorns. Oh long my horns, gosh, and I, man, I. Shout out to Big Cat on Barstool Sports changing his pick, his K State pick, after seeing Matthew yeah. McConaughey, Minister of Culture, on the sideline. But it, it's crazy. <laughs> there's yeah. literally pics of him right now. Like he's in the huddles. He's like he's like he he could be giving Shaka advice. We don't know. Yeah, and, and like he like I saw this one thing is like he's telling players to move. He's like I want to take that seat. Yeah, and he's, 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 he's co- coaches seat. are moved. They're getting out of their seat and moving down his seat because Matthew McConaughey said I need to sit there. Yeah, and. It's the minister of culture. It's so that's such a cool. I, I love that so much. It it just makes me like Texas just a little bit more. Like didn't this, get a this win. Texas revival in terms of the football and basketball, the culture change they're kind of having right now with Tom Herman and now it's awesome. and McConaughey being more involved with this basketball team. It's like I'm sort of awesome. like Texas a little more because it's just, they're just fun to li- they're fun to follow. Yeah, you know, can't get it together in basketball, but. <laughs> We're, I think, 14-11, and we also didn't beat K-State with our minister of culture on the sideline. So yeah, that, maybe that, not maybe not a luck factor with him, but definitely a uh, clout factor. Oh, without a doubt. Um, and my award uh, it goes to Kevin McHale. The exact headline I can't exactly say due to um, some profanity that was put in there, but I'll kind of tell you guys what exactly is the story. So Kevin McHale, longtime player with the Boston Celtics, former head coach in the, in the NBA, now a commentator for TNT. Um, during a game uh, for, with the Philadelphia 76ers, there was a bit of disagreement between Jimmy Butler and what appeared to be either a trainer or a coach. And Kevin McHale did not have nice words for him live on air with a hot mic. With everyone here, with everyone being able to hear him, he called him a not-so-great um, term. Wish I could kind of say it right now to give you guys more context. You can't even give us like a, a substitution. Um, I guess like butthead, but replace the butt part with another part of the male anatomy. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> and um, he said that, and his mic was live. <laughs> it was rec- it was on a rich- air. A Richard head is what he called it. A Richard head. There you go. Okay. Cool. <laughs> live on air. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then the funniest thing was his co-commentators were just like, "Yep, mm-hmm, 
Oh, yep. Because mm-hmm. they were all like, like, Kevin, what what did you just say right now? Like, you're going to get us all in trouble right now for you being an he's like, idiot. He's like, man, this guy's an effing a-hole right now. Yeah, and it, it was just hilarious because it's like you very rarely see a professional commentator do that stuff, but it, it's it's just hilarious when it happens and it's just a slip-up like that. And Hey, man, I wish I wish we could have like a serious XM like broadcasting network, you know, so you we could just let just it, go just let it loose. You know, those, are always, let, be- those are always the best. You can broadcast. call anyone you want a Richard Head. You know, you can throw around some mother effers, some a holes. You know, oh man, that would be that would hey, I would that'd take, be amazing. I would take I would take a pay cut for that job. Yeah, <laughs> well, let's look into that. See if we can get a serious. Assuming I have already have a job, you know, which I don't yet. Still, yeah, <laughs> still a college student waiting to graduate. But hey, Braden Kane, find me. B Kane Sports Media YouTube page. B Kane Sports Media Twitter. There you go. You, you get your plug going right there as we now are ending the show here. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Vandal Scoreboard Podcast. Zach Kellogg joined today, as always, by Braden Kane. You can catch Braden's work on Inside the Vandals, the plugs he just mentioned on his social media. You can catch my work at UIArgonaut or at TheVandalNation.com. We talk everything sports. Um, Instagram at BradenKane3, all lowercase. Boom, there you go. And once again, thank you for joining us for this week's broadcast. And as always, go Vandals.